Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active license and men's package tees. thing go from left to right and I thought I'm going to die out here no one's ever going to know I couldn't believe what my eyeballs were showing me I'll never forget how evil the eyes were it was horrible I mean I've never seen nothing that evil it ran towards me at a, at a rate that I, I I can't even explain turned and stared at me and this look of I just want to kill you I want to say it was human, but it wasn't. He was, he, was, he was yelling at me to grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage all the way to the door. 911, what are you reporting? Jesus Christ, you better... Sir? Yeah. Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot... Nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh oh. You're listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Check us out online at com. If you've had an encounter, email me. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for being here tonight. Got a great show planned for you tonight. Really appreciate you guys being here on a Sunday night. Uh, Got a great lineup. Going to be talking to Jay. And Jay had an encounter in East Texas. Uh, It's probably one of the more fascinating encounters I've ever heard. You'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Then I'll be talking to uh, Francis. And Francis actually had two encounters that happened to her out there in California in that general area. Uh, so she'll be sharing that tonight. Then I'll also be welcoming Tony Merkel from The Confessionals. Uh, he'll be giving us his My Bookie picks this week. So it should be a lot of fun. And I want to thank My Bookie for supporting the show, supporting what I do. Uh, I hope people enjoyed all the extra shows last week. You can definitely thank My Bookie for that. Um, and I'll include a link for uh, My Bookie underneath this episode. So let's go show them some love. And I really appreciate you guys being here tonight. If you've had an encounter and you'd like to be on the show, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. And if you get a chance, please check out sasquatchchronicles.com. You can become a member, get additional shows. Let's jump into it tonight. I want to welcome Jay to the show. Jay, thanks for coming on. Hey, how's it going, Wes? It's going good, man. Thanks so much for being here. Um, and now you had a, a pretty scary encounter, and it happened out there in East Texas. Is that correct? Yeah, it happened out by Nacogdoches, and uh, it's South Nacogdoches, down by Palestine. Okay. Well, if you would, it's would a you? Pretty remote area. Yeah. If if you would, would you kind of start from the beginning? Tell us what you're out doing, and just walk us into what happened. Okay. Well, this happened in 1998. It was right after Thanksgiving. Me and my father. Well. 
We used to go to public hunt land. It was type two grounds in Texas. And it's, um, even though it is a public hunt land, they used to use it for logging and it's a really remote area. It was 1998. I was 15 years old and my mom and my brother used to go with this, but this weekend, I don't remember exactly why they didn't go, but this weekend specifically, it was just me and my father that went and we had been out there for, uh, a couple of years before this, so I knew the area decently well. So we left on a on a Thursday to go hunt, and we were going to hunt Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We left kind of in the afternoon, so we got there pretty late. Uh, we live in the city, so it was about four or five hour drive for us. We get there Thursday evening, probably about one o'clock in the morning, and uh, we used to pull um, a Volkswagen dune buggy out to the the spot. And we'd use a dune buggy, basically like how people use four-wheelers, and we'd take the dune buggy from our camp and drive all the way back off in the areas that we'd hunt to carry our, our stands and supplies and stuff like that. We'd been hunting here whenever the incident happened. We'd already been hunting at this location for uh, two the two years before that, so this is our third year. And shortly after this happened, um, my dad ended up renting a a hunt and lease. So we only went to that property or he only went to that property like one or two more years after that. But so we get there on Thursday and we pull in kind of late. Everything is going fine. Like on Friday and he would go hunt in the morning time. He would get up early. And like I said, I was 15. So I didn't get up like at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. So he would go out by himself in the morning time and he would come back into camp and he would have lunch and we would go out together at lunchtime and we would have a afternoon hunt and then he would, we'd come back and then we'd go back out one more time before the sun would set. So everything was fine on Friday. And then Saturday, our last day that we were going to be there, we went out for the afternoon hunt. Everything was good. And the spot that I used to hunt at, it was kind of like my spot because my dad would hunt in a spot that he liked. And he hunted about five miles away from where I hunted at. So the spot that I hunted at, I knew the area really well. I would go back there and I would, I would scout it and I'd walk around and, you know, I kind of just felt like it was my spot. And I I really liked it. It was real, real peaceful, real, real nice. I never really wanted to shoot an animal while I was out there, but I would use my tree climber and climb up and I would, you know, observe deer and, um, not a whole lot of deer. I didn't see, I only saw like probably two or three deer the whole time I was there a couple of years, but I would see a lot of like coyotes and possums and it was just real nice to be out there. Yeah. And I would imagine too, bonding time with your dad and everything else. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. He loved to hunt. He was a real, real outdoorsman. He was also in Vietnam. So he had a lot of like the tracking skills from being in Vietnam he was in the Battle of Da Nang on the river, so he'd been through some pretty hairy stuff in his lifetime. So hunting, he was like in this natural element hunting, and I enjoyed it being out there. And um, I used to take the dune buggy and go off-roading out there. That was why I like to go, to be honest. I would take the dune buggy, and I'd go out playing in the mud, and I would just drive this huge loop that was probably 20, maybe 30 miles, just massive loop around the woods and come back and pick him up. Well, on Saturday, whenever the incident happened, we went out for our evening hunt, and he told me that he didn't want me to take the dune buggy because he 
I, I got the dune buggy real muddy, and I could tell he was kind of upset that I'd been out playing, so he wanted me to actually hunt. So he dropped me off at my location, and he took the dune buggy. So I get back there, and I climb up in the tree. I had a tree uh, climber that was hooked to my backpack, and I climbed the tree. And I'm up there for a while. As it starts to get dark in Texas, like the sun will set behind the trees, but it'll still be light visible for about 15, 20 minutes before it's actually dark, dark. So I knew kind of how much time that I had to get down off the tree and get back to the road. And my dad was a very, very punctual person. Like if he said he'd be there right when the sun would set, I knew that he would be there right at that time, you know? So I get down off this tree. Um, the sun's starting to go down and I know how much time I have. I get all my stuff packed to walk back to the road. I'm probably about 200 yards off the, off the road. And this area was so uh, remote that there would still be the tracks from our buggy from the year before. So um, people didn't go back to this spot that specifically where we would hunt at. And like I said, this was my area, and I kind of knew this this big area pretty well because it was a spot that I like to go to. And as I'm walking back to the main road, I hear a really loud knock. But it wasn't a knock. It was like a thud, like a huge, heavy, strong thud. And it was really close to me. It was, I would guess it was probably, I don't know, within the hundred yards. And this, these woods are real thick, but you have visibility. You can see through the woods pretty well, but the woods are real thick. And I'm instantly scanning the area, looking for what the source was that made the noise. And it kind of froze me in my tracks because the sound of it was really heavy. And I could tell that it was something strong that had did it. And I knew that the animals in the area that, there's no bears in this area. There's nothing. There's no real big game like mountain lions or bears. So it, it really shocked me and scared me. I sat there for a few minutes, probably about two to three minutes, kind of froze looking around, and I decided to proceed back to the road. And I'm looking over my shoulder and all around me. When As soon as I get to the road, like instantly, as soon as I step out of the clearing to the road, this thing screamed. And it screamed so loud and so strong. And the volume of the scream was so deep that you could tell this thing was humongous. Even without actually seeing it, you could tell that whatever had screamed this was massive because the sheer volume going through the woods was just unbelievable. It's hard to even describe unless you've heard it or you had an encounter. Yeah, and it was, a real, it was a real deep scream and it would... It would be deep for a while, and the tone would change to a like a blood-curdling scream, high-pitched scream at the end of it, real long, just deep. Like I said, hard to hard to describe, but you know, you know that whatever is making this noise, and you're just terrified instantly. I'm just froze in fear, and the sound of this thing screaming at me—it screamed over and over and over for the next few minutes, just back to back with screaming. I was so terrified with fear that I was, next thing I know, I'm sitting on the road and I had a, I used to hunt with the German Mauser, a seven millimeter deer rifle. And I don't, and I had dropped the deer rifle on the ground and I'm sitting on my butt with my arms wrapped around my legs, in front of my legs, just terrified. And I know whatever this thing is, I can tell by the sound of this thing screaming at me through the woods. I can tell it's directed at me. Does it make any sense? Like, it's not screaming away. I can tell that the scream is coming towards me. 
You know what I mean, Wes? Like when they're when someone screams, like in the woods, you hear a noise. You can kind of tell directionally how the screams coming through the woods. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask you if you felt like it was screaming in your general direction. It's always different when you hear a scream, and you're like, okay, that could have been a bobcat. That could have been this. It could have been that. But when something's screaming at you, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, you can you can tell a directional sound through the woods. I mean, I've been. I've been in the woods enough to know, and I've heard noises come from the camp, and I've heard my dad scream at me from the camp. You know what I mean? Like I've, yeah, you can yeah. tell a directional scream when something is screaming I at you. you. Like at this point now, you realize that this thing knows I'm here, and it, it it's screaming at me. You know, and that's that's terrifying. And the volume of the scream was so loud that it was just shaking everything. It was it's unbelievable how loud it was. And as it, as it screamed, it was moving. I could tell the direction of the sound was moving. It wasn't staying at the same spot. It would scream, and then it would move. It would scream again, then it would move. It would scream again, then it would move. And this thing was moving. I'm, I'm facing the north side of the road. I'm sitting on the south side of the road. I'm facing the north side of the road, listening to this same scream. And I'm in pure terror. I'm sitting on my butt. I'm in pure terror. And as this thing's screaming, it stops screaming. And... I hear footsteps behind me coming from the south side of the road from where I just came from in the woods. I hear a bipedal crunching, like step, like, like you can tell it's a person. It's not a four-legged animal. This thing is, it's heavy and it's crunching through the woods and it's walking. Yeah. It's flanking me. It's flanking me from behind. So I'm, I turned around and I'm trying to see, like, I'm pretty frantic. I'm trying to see like where, if I can see the, the creature, I know it's a creature at this point. I know that there's something going on and this isn't like a, an animal. I know that there's something else going on. I instantly knew. But in, in 1998, we really didn't have the internet and I wasn't real. Um, I re- really wasn't too aware of Bigfoot. I, I knew what Bigfoot was, but I wasn't, it wasn't crossing my mind. When this was going on, That it was not crossing my mind that it's a Bigfoot. I'm thinking monster, you know? Yeah, no, I understand. Or, uh, or I'm thinking a witch, or yeah. you know, I'm thinking along the lines, like <laughs> some sort of demon like out there, witch or something. Yeah, I hear you, man. It, it's and I don't mean to cut you off your story. I, I had something very similar happen to me in in Texas, actually, probably not far from where you're at, uh, where it was screaming, and I know it was screaming because we were there. It was pissed. We were there. It was obvious. It was pissed. It was there, but it was it was hard to kind of tell where it was coming from. Um, sound like a demon screaming like a female demon screaming through the woods. And I had a hard time nailing down where it was coming from, but I can imagine sitting there having it directed at you, having those vocalizations come at you, man. I don't blame you for being terrified sitting there, even with the seven MM. I don't blame you for being terrified. Yeah. But having the gun wasn't really crossing my mind. I was aware at that point that the gun was sitting next to me on the road, but um, it was just so loud. It was close. It wasn't very far away. It was obviously pissed that I was there. I want to back up just a second and go back to the year before that in that same location because I said hunt on top of this hill. A year before that, I had come across some trees that were um, about as big around as my leg and that were broke at the bottom, like they were just pushed over, like it's something that had ran into it or knocked it over. And I thought that was weird when I had seen them. I, there was a couple that were broken in a directional, like something had run through there or crashed through there. And I, I knew that whenever I'd seen it, but I, I'd played it off. I put it out of my mind. Like, I really don't know what it was. It could have been, you know, somebody back here with the vehicle or something. Not real sure. So I, I dismissed that. But as this thing's screaming at me and I hear these footsteps behind me, 
I'm I'm facing the other way, listening to these footsteps. Now I'm facing south now, and the footsteps stop, and it gets really, really quiet, like eerily quiet. I'm not hearing either creature at this point. I turn back. This is the part of the story that I have a hard time with. I turn back to the north side of the road, and this creature had stuck its head through the shrub, through the bushes, through the thicket, had stuck its head through it, and only its head was peering out of the other side of the bushes, looking directly at me, 20 yards away from me. Close. Really close. Yeah, and the really sun had close. set, but there was still light outside. It was still, it was that eerie, right before it's dark, look in the woods. And I'm sure other hunters that have been in the woods know what I'm talking about, that eerie, like, right before it's dark. And it was that, and I'm looking face-to-face at this thing, I don't remember like what all I said because the the terror that I was experiencing is it's almost um, it's almost out of body. You're so terrified. You're it's it's surreal. But I was able to know like I was able to see the feet. I still can close my eyes and see it exactly how it was. And this thing's head wasn't. I wouldn't say like super massive, but it was big. It was like probably twice the size of my head. And it was almost as if this creature had crawled on its hands and knees on the backside of this hill leading to the road because he wasn't standing. He was on his hands and knees, and his head was only three foot high from the ground as he stuck his head to the bushes. And the hair, or the it wasn't fur, it was hair. The hair was like a brownish, reddish, like most people describe I've heard before, like a, like a dirty-looking brown, orangish red, kind of dark. Uh, it was, it was kind of facing every which direction on top of its head. The face wasn't real hairy like I've heard other people describe. What I saw is different from what I've heard a lot of people describe. So I'm not sure exactly what I saw. Yeah, well, I don't t- tell us. What, this really. Yeah, that's okay. Tell us what you saw. It's irrelevant what other people say. I'm curious yeah. to know what you saw. Uh, the eyes were far apart. They were spread out. They weren't close together. They were far apart. The eyes itself were were bigger than I've ever seen. They were black. They were they were dark as night. They were black. There was no color in them. Solid black. The eye sockets itself were sunk deeper into its face. It was pressed back. It was deeper into its face. Uh, or it had a really heavy brow ridge on the top. Um, had kind of a like more of a mashed in nose. It was wider. The mouth was, was almost from the side of its head to the other side of its head. It was just all the way across, had real thin lips and they were, um, they were black. The lips itself were like, were just black. His face was battleship gray. It was, it wasn't charcoal gray. His face was a battleship gray. It was, very gray, like super gray, and it kind of looked dirty. And I could see de- details in his face where his his cheeks were wrinkled and the side of his head, uh, where it had a lot of texture. The face had a lot of texture to it. He had a big square chin. And as I'm looking at this thing, he's I don't know if he's like got his eyebrows squinted at me. He's pissed. You can tell this thing is it's not happy. I'm not like. You know, I'm I'm basically pleading for my life at this thing, crying for it not to kill me. And I'm looking face to face at it. I'm just screaming, please don't kill me. 
along those lines. I don't remember what all was said, but as I'm looking at this thing, and he, you know, when you're a kid, you take your finger and you put it on between your teeth and your lip, make your lip dry, and you curl your lips under, yeah, kind of show your teeth, yeah. It had it had did that. He curled his lips up underneath themselves and was showing his teeth at me like he wasn't. But it wasn't a smile. It wasn't like a, a grin. It's kind of hard to describe. This thing was angry. This thing wanted to come through the bushes and come get me. I was I was in, I was absolutely in fear for my life that this thing was going to kill me. And we had a face to face encounter. I never reached for my rifle. I'm just, I'm too, I'm too afraid at this point. Cause if he wanted to kill me, he could have killed me. And I, cause time does slow down when you're having a encounter like this. So time would feel a lot more exaggerated, but it felt, it felt for like, we sit there eye to eye and I couldn't take, I knew, I, I knew that I wanted to look away, but I couldn't look away from this thing. And next thing I know, I see, headlights coming down because we were on top of a hill and I see the headlights coming up over the top of the hill. I could see the trees starting to light up and they're like, and the, the lights bouncing, the lights bouncing from the dune buggy going down this rough road. So I can, I know it's a vehicle. I know it's my dad coming and I'm, I'm still terrified, but I'm, I'm instantly in relief. Like, please hurry, please hurry. And I turned back to look now cause I turned away. I turned back to look at this creature he pulled his head back through the bushes. I could no longer see his head in the bushes, but I could see the imprint to where his head was just in the bushes. And then I hear him running away, screaming, like not the same scream that he was doing before. This is a different scream now. And he's crashing through the woods, like punching trees and like just making a huge, huge noise as he runs off through the woods. And, and he was gone. He and it was gone quickly. He took off running and screaming. And it was gone. Well, my father pulled up in the dune buggy. I just, I just jumped in. Like I just dove in with all the stuff, uh, and I blacked out. And I, I was unconscious. And as soon as I dove in, I was just instantly unconscious. Um, I come to a few minutes later. I don't know exactly how long. And my dad's over me. And he's shaking me, and he's like, kind of freaked out. He's like, "What the hell?" And I'm just screaming, drive, just please, please, just drive, just go, just drive, let's get out of here, let's go. And so he drives away, and I was sick. I was I was just so sick, like nauseous, vomiting, just extremely sick after this encounter. We got back to the camp, and I got into my dad's truck, and I closed the doors, and I locked the doors, and I had the windows up, and I told him I am not coming out of this truck. Till we're, till we're home. I'm not coming out. And he didn't try to fight me on it. He didn't, you know, he wasn't the weird thing now too. My, my dad's passed since, and he didn't try to struggle with it or fight with me, not wanting to get out. He just, you know, graciously packed up our camp, put it back. Cause we had a, a cab over on the back of the truck where we actually sleep in the truck in the back part. It was like a little, I'm sure most people know what a cab over is where you sleep in it. And he packed it up and we, put the dune buggy on and we, and we drove out of the woods. It was late. It was, we left our camp <clears throat> probably about eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. And we drove straight home. So we, I mean, we got back to, back to town in the, in the early morning and I was just so sick. So the next couple of days I was just extremely sick, still nauseous. I, 
I couldn't hardly stand up. If I stood up, I felt like I was going to pass out. So I don't know if it was from the, just the pure fear of what I experienced. I've heard other people say that they send some type of sonar thing, but I'm not exactly convinced on that. I'm still just, there was so much fear and adrenaline. I think that's what made me sick. Yeah, I think and, uh, I think you're probably right. I mean, a lot of things get passed off as infrasound, but I think in situations like this, you know, adrenaline can make you sick, especially if you're sitting there and you're in fear for your life for a long period of time. Your heart's pumping. All your organs are going 110 miles an hour. And then the moment there's relief, a lot of times people will say they're sick. You hear guys in firefights, like in uh, war, talk about that. When everything's said and done, they'll start throwing up. And I think it's because our adrenaline, every, you know, all of our, the feelings are just going 110 miles an hour. And your body's not meant to run like that. You know, it's like running a car 120 miles an hour. How long is that car going to really run? You know, after a period of time, it's running like crap after you've been driving it as hard as you've been driving it. And I think our bodies are kind right. of the same way. You know what I mean? That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Could have been infrasound, but... no. I, I agree. I agree with that because my it's just the the body spasms. Like I just felt like just so. I slept the whole way back, and I slept for the next day or two, just drained and happy to be home and safe. You know, and to be back in my own bedroom, relieved, <laughs> super relieved. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Like I said, I was, this was in nineteen ninety eight. I was fifteen years old when this happened. So. No, uh, our our hunting season is only like a couple months long, and that's the same time period I I got my first job and you know first car that type of stuff. I had a girlfriend at home, so uh, I never wanted to go back to the woods, and they never pressed it upon me. Like my mom and my brother would still go out to the woods, and it used to terrify me for them, but I was also like terrified for my brother more than anything. But I didn't know how to tell him this which I, ne- I never have, honestly. Still to this day, I have not told my brother this story. I have not told my mother this story. Before my father passed, he just straight point asked me, you know, when he was not doing so well, and I think he wanted to know, and he asked me what happened that day out there in the woods. And I told, I kind of looked at him and just said, you know, Dad, I thought Bigfoot was going to eat me. <laughs> and we we kind of chuckled about it, you know, and it there was a whole lot said about it. And I, I'm not sure if he knew more than he wanted to say, or if he just wanted to confirm what he thought that I had seen, you know, cause it was also weird. Like now that I'm older and I, and I look back on it, that he never really asked any questions that day when we packed up to leave. So I'm not sure if he yeah. had a, had a suspicion that I'd seen something like that or, but uh, I've tried telling a few people, I've told some friends and I've, you know, I've had people like "haha Bigfoot" type deal, and and I've just never I've I've bottled it up for a long time and just try to deal with it and just try to suppress it. And I've just recently, the last couple of years, been able to start looking into, you know, wanting to know more about what I'd seen. But I still have a hard time listening with like when you play uh, audio from them, them screaming in the woods. I still have a hard time with that. I still have a hard time trying to like listen to any audio. And I just, I do not want to go back to the woods again. So I definitely have PTSD from this encounter, for sure. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. I'd be a little shocked if you said you didn't have PTSD. I want to back up a little bit because there's a few questions I want to ask you about its appearance. But um, I wanted to ask you, when, when it popped its head out, so it pops its head out, it looks directly at you and starts showing its teeth. Why do you think it didn't attack you? 
I have a couple of different theories of why I think it didn't. It was also growling too. It was making noises. I can't really remember the noises that it was making. I've tried to remember, but it was just the fear. Just just seeing this thing, everything just goes goes away. You know, you you just have a complete loss of like what's going on because I really was in fear thinking this thing was going to kill me. I think that the area that I was hunting in was either its territory or I'd been close to like, maybe it's young or maybe this thing had been observing me for a while. Um, I also think there's a possibility that this thing had followed us into our camp. Cause we, like I said, we would drive only like five, 10 miles away from our camp to go hunt. And I think it's a possibility that this thing maybe uh, had followed us into our camp and maybe this thing knew that my dad was serious business, you know, and I've not to be funny, you know, I, but like I said, my dad's a very straightforward person, and he was very brave, man. And if I think that if he would have been with me during the encounter, he would have been shooting. You know, even though there was more than one of them, I think that could be a possibility. That, um, and he knew that he was coming. My dad was also on his on his way. He was not very far from me. So if this thing, but he also could have snatched me and dragged me off in the woods before my dad came across on top of that hill, and I would not have been seen again. So I, I don't know. I mean, or yeah, maybe it's hard to say because I didn't have the rifle in my hands. So there's a couple of different possibilities. Well, and that's kind of what really I was sure. thinking. I was thinking, you know, everyone's a tough guy until you you're looking down the barrel of a gun, um, and maybe because you had that rifle, maybe it came out to give you a what for, and decided maybe it's a bad idea attacking this guy. He's got a pretty big gun there's next to him. And that's what I think saves a lot of hunters. I think a lot of times when they're armed, I think that these things think twice. I think they'll absolutely come out and vocalize, try and scare you to go away. Sometimes when you hear about Sasquatch's encounters, it makes me wonder in the back of my mind, do they really want to fight? I don't know that so much that they really want to fight. I think it's more intimidation, more go away. Um, and maybe that rifle saved your life that day. It's it's hard to say. That's my two cents. You never know. You know what I mean? Why why it wouldn't come out and attack you? You think if that would have been a bear? I know you don't have, really have bears in that. I mean, the biggest problem you really have there where you're at is snakes, hogs, and if you want to get near water, right. gators. Um, other than yeah, that, the hogs. We, I've seen hogs out in this on this area before, and yeah. Like I, I'd, I'd never fired that rifle there. We we would go target practice in a in a place out here by our town. We would go north out into the grasslands. We would go target shooting there, but we never target shot at the hunting grounds. So I never discharged that rifle there ever. Not the not the three years that I was ever going there. So I never I never shot it. So I also think if this thing was observing me, he never saw me fire this rifle. You know, so either he or he already knows what rifles are. But the area that we would hunt in was so remote. Like I said, we would see our, our tire tracks from the year before that. You know, so, I mean, I really don't think that this was type two public hunting ground, but my dad had picked a spot so remote that there wasn't many people back there. And the woods are very dense back there. You drive a long, long way from civilization. And so people also need to know that Texas has some very remote woods that you could easily oh, yeah. get lost in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can get lost in, uh, especially that East Texas area. Uh, it's no joke out there, man. You can get lost out there pretty quick. And, you know, when this thing's coming at you and it's popping its head through, it makes me really think of um, like when I had Rick on from uh, Canada. He was talking about the bone pile and going into this weird foliage 
that no one really could get through. All of a sudden, there's tunnel systems, and there, it opens up. And I know I had uh, William Sheehan talking about the terror in the Bigfoot, or Bigfoot terror in the woods. He was talking about a bone pile, too, as well. So it makes me wonder, a lot of times along these trails, you know, it pops its head out. What's behind that brush? It's hard to even say, too, because it's weird how he could stick his head through that thick of brush. It'd just be his head. I, that that was kind of startling. And... um. As I've gotten older and I've been able, because like I said, I've, I've, put, I've buried this inside me for many years to try to deal with it because of the trauma to, that I experienced. But uh, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of your show. I listen. I like listening to other people's encounters and hear how they've dealt with it. That's one of the main things I listen for is to see how that person deal, dealt with it. Because I'll hear a lot of people's stories and they don't seem to be that frightened. Or I also hear stories like uh, you're the guys that you uh, say are researchers that go out looking for this thing. And that terrifies me that these people will go out in the woods looking for this thing. Like, I, I can't even comprehend that. Like that's serious. You know, that's being pretty brave. That's, <laughs> that's wild to me. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And, you know, listening to your description, you know, the big mouth, uh, there's been so many encounters to where, you know, I've talked to people and they said, you know, you could put a softball inside this thing's mouth. It would still have room to eat you. Uh, the mouth was so yeah. big. You hear that a lot. When you were looking at this thing, and you did a great job describing it, but when you looked at this thing, your impression, would you say it was more human or more non-human primate or something completely different? It, I, can, I honestly, people might not like this, but this thing was not a human. Yeah, I, I didn't see human at all. It was a monster. This was, I mean, if you look at a gorilla, you don't think human. You know, even though gorillas have two eyes and a nose and a mouth, but you look at a gorilla and you don't think a human. And when I'm looking at this thing, this thing wasn't a human, and it wasn't a it wasn't an ape. I mean, it was a monster. This is something that it's hard to describe. I've seen a few pictures like it, but I've I've never seen a picture on any um, any sketch or anything that's close to what I really what I've seen. As far as the the skin texture, the way the face was, the the structure of the face, uh, the how deep the eyes were sunk in into his head, with the with the bulging black eyes. I mean, it was a, it was an animal. If anything, it was an animal. I don't think it was a person. Yeah, and it's interesting too. You describe Battleship Gray. You know how many times I've heard that people have a hard time trying to figure out what color gray it is, but. Yeah, I think you hit it right on the head, Battleship Gray. I've heard that from other people. I've heard that from military guys. They're like, it's Battleship Gray. It's their skin color. Kind of that dead skin color. I think there could be other ones out there, too. I don't think that, you know, this is like only one type. There might, I'm not saying there's not. There very could, very well could be one that looks like a human out there. I, I, it's very mysterious that we've never gotten pictures of it or um, it. it it puts off a certain feeling when when you're around them or you see them. Like I've heard other people describe the the fear, like the dread, the dread feeling that's overwhelming. Like when I first heard the 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 first initial loud bang, which started the whole encounter, there was instantly the fear of dread, the instantly the feeling of somebody watching me, um, just this surreal like I can't believe this is happening to me type thing, you know. Like and then also too trying to figure out just a million things running through your mind at once. Do I run, you know, do, what do I do? You know, like, do I try to escape? Is this thing going to chase me? Like, do I stay here? 
like especially when I was at the road and it started screaming at me, I was I literally did not know what to do. I was just frozen fear and I did not know what to do. How big was its head compared to like a normal human size head? Probably like twice the size of a head, like a like a like a bigger basketball or like a beach ball, like one of the smaller beach balls. It had a big head, but I don't think this creature was like ten foot, twelve foot tall, or nothing like that. It was it was big. It was way bigger than me, but I never saw it stand upright. Whenever he, uh, when I was looking at the lights coming, and I turned back to look, he pulled us out of the bushes. I don't know if he'd already stood up and run, or if he was on his hands and knees and backed out on his hands and knees and then ran. But I never seen this thing run off. I heard him run off. I heard him run off, and you could, you could hear him just crashing through the woods, and like, sound like he was like just punching trees, and it was really bizarre. But it was a different scream. It was. How was it different? And it, was it more angry, or I the, mean, how when you say it was different, what do you mean by that? Yeah, this scream was more angry. The first scream, it was almost like a communication scream. Like I, there was another one behind me. There was obviously at least two. There could have been more than two. There was at least two. Because uh, I heard the other one behind me, and um, it was almost like him screaming, "Like, hey, he's right over here," you know, like I, I found him, he's right here, type thing. Yeah, that's terrifying. I want to ask you about the teeth. Were the teeth white? And can you describe them when he was kind of showing his teeth? I mean, how would you describe them from what you saw? Yeah, they were white. His teeth were white. Um, I'm not real. I'm not real, real sure about the teeth. I did see them, but I'm not. Like I said, I was just so fixated on the eyes, um, just staring at it. But the, it didn't have like any, like vampire canines or, you know, nothing, nothing of that nature. I'm glad you got a chance to uh, may your father rest in peace. I'm sorry to hear of his passing. I'm glad you were able to get an opportunity to uh, tell him what happened that day. Yeah, after he. After I told him I haven't, and that was um, three and a half years ago, I haven't haven't said anything to anybody else. It's been something I've been wanting to get off my chest. It's, I've I've tried like hinting and mention this subject with other people to just to see how they uh, they address the subject. And like I said, I'm from the city, so people are very receptive to this type of deal here in the city. It's almost like you're talking about like aliens or ghosts. It's along those lines, which it is. I'd, I would consider it in the paranormal. Uh, subjects, but it's just a it's a tough subject to try to discuss with like loved ones. Yeah, it is. You know, friends. It is, and I get completely. And it's not necessarily anything I would want my wife to to know. It's just one of those type deals that it happened. You know, you deal with it. I'm like, I wanted to to talk to you because I'm I'm willing to share the encounter with other people that have had the encounter, or other people that are interested in the subject. But I, you know, I, I don't. Unless people are interested in the subject or want to know, this isn't a subject that I want to just tell somebody. I understand, and I, I, I commend you for coming forward. Thank you so much for uh, sharing it. There's a ton, man. In that area where you're at, I mean, that really is Jurassic Park. I mean, I've been down there. I've been in those areas, and it is freaking Jurassic. I mean, I can tell you an area right now. You can go set up your recorders, just sit in your car, put your recorders on top of your the hood of your car, and just let them record. I guarantee you'll get some, probably some of the best audio you've ever heard. Let me ask you, Jay, what what do you think Sasquatch is? I mean, you got to look at this thing. It popped its head out, looked at you. I know it wasn't real friendly, but um, if someone were to ask you, what what is Sasquatch? What what would you say to them? I don't know. 
I, I don't know what it is. I, I, I know that it's not a person. I think maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it, it, it's coming from somewhere else or I'm not even sure like about it. I don't think that if anything, it's a wild animal that's extremely smart or maybe this is something that we're dealing with that where we just don't know. It's, it's outside the realm of our understanding right now. It's, that's what I think it is. It's just too too complicated for us to understand right now. I would, I would like to, to openly say that and just put my two cents in that the David Pilates, um, the missing 411, I've, you know, I've bought that video. I've, I've done a little bit of research like that because it scares me for my kids. I wouldn't want my kids to be in the woods. And I personally think that this is something that's going on with people coming missing out in the woods. I, I really do. I have that strong feeling because of how angry the encounter was and how much I felt like it was going to kill me and eat me for some reason. I had that feel like it wanted to eat me. So I, I've, I think that this is something that's, it's dangerous. I don't think that this is some like friendly thing that people were trying to like vocalize and talk to it and have it talk back to them. Like that scares me. I, there's no way I would want to go in the woods and like bang on trees or scream for this thing. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> where face from. Face. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And I've said that often too, you know, like when finding Bigfoot was on the, and I'm not trying to bash finding Bigfoot, but um, you know, those guys that bang on trees and do calls. Well, what do you do when one shows up? You know, right. I, I don't see there's anyone. Also weird things that are associated with when people see these, like right before or right after. There's weird things that go into uh, a lot of people's sightings too. So that puts it in the category of I don't know what it is. It's too it's too hard to say or just say that it's a wild animal. I, but I I do want to say that I don't think this is a person. I don't think this is any type of like man or person. No, I tend to agree with you. I, I tend to agree with you, Jay. I think, um, you know, a lot of times when people see these things, I mean, they have two arms, they have two he- two legs, they have a head, they have shoulders, and they stand up. They look very manlike when they stand up. So I understand where people are coming from. I tend to agree with you, though. I don't think it's any form of human. It may have broken off from a branch of us from a long time ago, but, you know, who, you know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. Um, and you answered one of my questions. I was going to ask you, do you think if it could have got its hands on you, it would have killed you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I do. I had that, I had the feeling like it was just pouring over me like a wave of, of pure dread that this thing wanted to eat me. Like it, I do believe that this thing is a killer. Like it, like it would have, it, it could have for sure. And it got, and it wanted to be that close to me. Like I say, twenty yards, but you got to think. I'm I'm sitting on one side of the road, and the road has like has big dips on the side. The road's so bad that you couldn't turn a vehicle around on it. You have to either go one way or back out of it. So I'm sitting on one side of the road, and this thing has had its head through the bushes on the other side of the road. So I mean, I'm close. I'm really, really, really close to this thing. So he wanted me to see it. He he definitely wanted me to know he was there. Um. I, I don't know why he didn't attack me or kill me. I'm thankful he did it because I, I couldn't imagine anything more terrifying than, than being killed by one of these things. I hear you. And I'm glad that he didn't attack you either. You know, you, like you said, man, 20 yards, that's pretty close. You're only talking like 60 feet away, which is almost too damn close to be one, to, in my opinion, to be too close to one of these things. And for him to come out, you know, it's just weird behavior, isn't it? You know, if you're going to attack yeah. something, you're going to attack something. Like a hunter, if you're going to shoot something, you're going to shoot something. 
You're not going to sit and dance with it. And these things like to do that. I don't know if they enjoy sending the fear through you. Thank God your dad drove up because that seemed to end the whole Mexican standoff at that point. He was out of there at right. that point. Yeah, you know? if that was that was. If it, I do feel that if my dad would have even like delayed in him uh, getting his climber down or delayed uh, getting to me, that if I do feel that encounter would have went on any any longer, you know that there would have been a finale. There it would have there would have been it, it would have finished in some type of way. I do feel that. So I, I was like I said, I jumped in the buggy. I was extremely thankful, and I just blacked out. I just I just blacked out, and I, I feel like I might have blacked out more than once during the encounter because when the thing started screaming at me, like I, it dropped me to my knees, and you know I was I can never describe this, the feeling of thinking you're going to die. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it is. It is terrible, and it's a it's a fascinating account. And I know it's uh, for you, it's a terrifying account. Uh, for me, I'm, I, you know, he's look at their behavior in situations like this. And that tells you something right there, too, about their behavior. You know, if it would have been a black bear, for example, that black bear would have just came at you. If it wanted you, it would have just came towards you. It wouldn't have popped its head out, looked at you, growled. Um, any normal wildlife isn't going to, you know, it's either I'm going to kill you or I'm going to run. There's really no in between with a lot of wild animals. Although with these things, I think a lot of times in situations like this, they will look at it and calculate. Is it worth it going out to get this guy? Can I scare this guy off? If he's not going to run off, okay, what's next? He seems to have a rifle. It seems like there's a lot of calculations going on. And it's not just your encounter, Jay. It's with a lot of people's encounters. You can go listen to Mike Woolley's encounter. It's very similar to yours. Um, except for they did chase him out and he didn't have someone to come pick him up. But, uh, it seems like there's a lot of calculations going on with these things. So for a wild animal, I'll, my hat's off to him. They're definitely smarter than your average bear. There, There's cases too, that you're right. There's cases too, though. Like I heard you talk about the guy that went missing when he was camping with his friends and he was drinking and they thought he might've drowned in the small river. There's cases like that too, but there's no explanation where there, there's no possible explanation what could have happened. So I think they do calculate or like, you know, maybe if you're, if you're injured or you're small or, or if they, maybe they just want to eat you, you know, maybe they, maybe they do feast on people or, or they, maybe they just calculate everything as far as like, if they want to eat it or if it was trying to get me out of the area. Um, but like, that's what makes me feel more like an animal, not like person. Cause if the feeling of it wanted to kill me or eat me. And I wouldn't relate that feeling or sensation with the person. So that kind of, and the, and the physical appearance of it too. Yeah. No, I understand. Well, I appreciate coming on, Jay. I know you haven't shared it with really your wife or your brother and the fact that you'd come on here and, and share it. I'm honored. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Wes. I really appreciate it. And I want to thank again MyBookie for sponsoring Sasquatch Chronicles. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. And thank you to MyBookie for last week for all the additional shows. Um, I appreciate it. I know the fans appreciate it. Uh, so when you join MyBookie, use promo code CHRONICLES to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code CHRONICLES when creating your account to claim the bonus. 
You play, you win, you get paid. And uh, I want to thank my bookie again. Thank you so much for supporting the show and being a part of the show. I hope the fans go and show you some love. I have Tony Merkel from the Confessionals on. Tony, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Wes. How are you doing, man? Not bad, man. Not bad. It's uh, not to talk about the weather, but the weather sure has changed over here on the uh, West Coast, man. Waking up, it was like 90 degrees every day. Now it's like 50 and rain. Uh, it's kind of a nice change. Uh, it's good to talk with you, though. And I know uh, you're not so cocky now, you know, after uh, all of your bets. I don't think one of them, I think every game lost that you said was going to win. So you I thought I'd bring me. A, you haven't given me a chance to get cocky yet. <laughs> well, give us your picks this week. I know you got three games lined out. Give yeah. us your picks so the audience can do the complete opposite of whatever you're betting. <laughs> well, here's my three hot takes of the week. First of all, we're going to start off with tradition here. Cleveland versus Oakland. Okay, now I think that I did call the Jets game, didn't I? That's right, I did. And if anybody bet on that game, you, you made some money. No problem. You're welcome. So this week with the Browns, and I'm not even a Browns fan. I'm just a, I just really think that they're on an uptick. And they're going to continue this uptick, especially with Mr. Baker in there. Okay, he's going to be cooking some brownies. And so here we go. This week, Cleveland and Oakland. Cleveland is going to win this game outright. Okay, so we got Cleveland, Oakland, Cleveland, pick Cleveland, book it. Telling you right now. Now, that's not my ice cold hard lock of the week. But before we get to that, I want to tell people about yours truly, Wes, Kansas City and Denver. We got Kansas City Kansas City and Denver playing on Monday Night Football. All the nation is going to be looking at this team. And, Wes, I got news for you. I got some good news for you, Wes. Well, you might actually think this is bad news. Kansas City is going to rock the house in Denver on Monday Night Football, national TV. They're going to go 4-0. You can book that as well, my friends, at my bookie. And so, before we get going here on my ice cold hard lock of the week, Wes, I want to ask you, what do you think about my Kansas City pick, my friend? I like it. I like it. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I think they're gonna. I honestly think they're gonna win. Uh, later in the season, though, Denver does turn it up, so we'll give them that. But I tend to agree. Okay. Well, I thought you would be upset that I picked them because you want to say that I picked the opposite. So, but hey, Kansas City, book it. And so my ice cold hard lock of the week is my team, my beautiful, lovely team, Kaka, the Eagles. I know Eagles don't make the Kaka sound, but I don't care. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles are going to rock the Tennessee Titans today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can book that in as a hard lock of the week. You can bet, you can bet the house on it. You are going to make some serious cash on this game. So go ahead and pick the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Tennessee Titans today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head to mybookie.com and get your bets flowing. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> uh, that was good. There's Tony's hot picture of the week. Thanks, Tony. And I know on Tuesday, if you listen to the confessionals, Tuesday, uh, Tony's going to be re releasing a really cool show. Uh, a gentleman who... It's one of these shows where you almost have to hear the whole story. Um, there's time travel. There's abduction. It's probably one of the more fascinating stories I've ever heard in my life. So if you get a chance, Tony, you're going to release that on Tuesday? Yeah, tu Tuesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That would be midnight 
on Pacific Time. And we have Tony Rodriguez coming on. And Tony has a phenomenal story. I spent about two hours with him talking to him about his experiences. Now, he was abducted and it was a 20-year process. And it involves time travel. It involves ETs. It involves government. It involves a lot of different, different stuff. It's very, very layered. So I highly encourage people to check that out. And Wes, I think I sent you a clip, didn't I, of that uh, interview, a little bit of an introduction so people could hear it. Uh, if you want, you could play that now. All right. Let's take a listen. Well, in um, fourth grade, I was picked for a, a, a advanced learning class at, in my school, Talented and Gifted, the TAG program. And we met on Wednesdays at, you know, in, the cap, in the library of the school for a couple hours, an hour and a half or so. I forget. But um, in that class, there was a boy, you know, I... At that point in my life, I was something I could be proud of as being a smart kid to classify for that. You know, it gave me some, you know, something to be proud of. So there was a kid in that class that was came to school in a limousine and uh, was pretty cocky and he was extremely smart. And I was threatened by him. And um, one day I went into the library and uh, we were early. I was early to class and it was him and uh, maybe three or four other girls sitting on the couch in the library. And they were all laughing. I walked up and they were like, uh, one of the girls said, he can read your mind. Do him, do him. And he didn't want to. He just looked at me and, he, and I thought, you can't do that. And I thought to myself, that's not possible, you know. And uh, she said, no, do him, do him. He said, go ahead and think something, but don't say it. And I looked at him and I thought to myself, you're the ugliest kid I've ever seen. And none of these girls would ever date you. That's what I thought to him. I mean, these were ten, we were 10-year-old kids. And uh, he looked at me like he knew. I didn't. I didn't believe he was gonna know. But ever after that, at that moment, he looked at me with just disgust in his face. He didn't say anything, and he never liked me after that. We were just. It was just. I couldn't get a hello. He hated my guts. And um, later on that year, during the Scott, the science fair, his dad came on and was his dad came and was a judge for the science fair. And you know and. Uh, he said in one day, he said, my dad's an Illuminati. What's your dad do? And I had no idea what that was. And I, you know, I said, my dad works at GM. My dad's got a great job. My dad's super, super awesome. You know, which my dad did have a great job. But um, I didn't know what that meant. But it stuck out in my head, you know, as something. And he was, he, he meant it in an, like in an insulting way. Um, but when his dad came up later, he pointed, I walked by, we're setting up our exhibits in the cafeteria for our for the science fair and i walked by him and his father and he said dad that's that boy i told you about that ruined my confidence and then they had a they had an exchange of words that i didn't understand what they were talking about that didn't make any sense to me and then i heard him say well he doesn't really deserve that and then his dad said well you just have to learn how to handle you know he said something to the effect of you need to learn how to manage your resources there's you know and i just walked off i didn't think of it and um it was later that night, or it was within a day or two. It was very soon that I woke up in the middle of the night with a gray, with a, with your standard gray ET standing over my bed, with his face maybe a few inches from mine. I originally thought it was my dad joking around. I said, "Dad, knock it off, take off the mask," and I reached up and touched it, and you know, like on his, like right on his cheek, and it was cold, and wet, and porous. It was like, like it was porous, like there were like a like a window screen kind of porous, you know? And, um, I went, ah, eek, you know, I, I, I freaked out. And before I could scream, I was frozen and I couldn't move. I was paralyzed. Like 
and I saw at the foot of my bed two shorter reptilian-looking beings with hoods on, with with kind of a like a hood hoods, and they came around and grabbed me and took carried me back to the foot of my bed, and there was a flash. I thought it felt like we went out the window, but it, I don't think so. Looking back on it, there was a flash of light, and I ended up in a laboratory somewhere. Yeah, I guess be careful who you bully. <laughs> I mean, you got to hear the whole story. I'm telling you for the audience. I've already heard the show twice, and I'm going to listen to it again on Tuesday. Uh, go and check out the Confessionals podcast, confessionalspodcast.com. You definitely want to hear Tony Rodriguez's story. Uh, Tony Merkel, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for giving us your picks. Absolutely. And I hope everybody makes a lot of money at mybookie.ag this week. Thanks, Tony. And check out Tony Merkel. He's uh, the confessionalspodcast.com. If you're on iTunes, definitely check out the Confessionals. Thank you again, Tony. Next up on the show, let's welcome Francis. Francis, thanks for coming on. Oh, no problem. Yeah, I really appreciate you being here. And I know you had two encounters uh, out there in California. Now, this is back in the 70s. If you would, would you kind of start from the beginning? Walk us into what happened. What were you guys out doing, and what did you see? What did you experience? Okay, well, uh, it was my ex-husband and his friend, and uh, we lived in Anaheim, California, and... We decided to take a week and go up to Yosemite and go to Mammoth and June Lake, Virginia Lakes, and all that type of thing. So we drove up um, to Yosemite, and then we went through the valley, and then we were on 120, and Tenaya Lake is on 120. So we got all our stuff out. We parked, and it was a little bit of a hike, and we went to the camping spot close to the lake, set up our things or you know gear and everything and then we had to go across 120 to get firewood so we went across 120 and it's it's probably late in the afternoon but not dusk or anything just later in the afternoon so we're getting wood and um my husband decides he's going to go climb up on some granite rocks and we could hear him i thought he was getting wood and then I could see him in the distance. I mean, and I'm like, what the heck? So I said, no, you know, I yelled, I think you need to get down from there and come and help us so we can start a fire. So he laughed, thought it was funny. He got down, he came, we started getting wood. And then we started hearing something, cracking sounds, crackling, like when somebody's making noise, there's something out there behind us like in these dense bushes and there's trees. At the same time, I the hairs stood up on the back of my neck. And I don't know if it did for them, but probably did because we, we had wood and we threw the wood up in the air and let it drop. And then we ran all the way back to our camp space. And then when we got there, we're thinking, now we don't have any wood. So we got what we could find around there, which was already picked over from, I guess, a lot of people, you know, camping in that area. So we started a fire and it kind of burned out about 10 o'clock. We ate something and then we got in the tent and it was pretty cold. It was in September. And we're laying there and laying there and can't go to sleep because it's freezing. And then there was no sounds of animals or any little creatures or anything. And I, I said, do you notice that there's no sounds out there? And they go, yeah. 
And then we heard this, this ungodly roar, like a lion. It was close, though, because it wasn't like some of the vocalizations I've heard uh, that people have taped that are off. They seem like they're a little bit off in the distance. Oh, no, this was right close by. And it it just lasted. It seemed to me like it lasted forever. It started with this low roar, and then it went way up into almost a high-pitched scream. And then when it was done, we couldn't move. <laughs> uh, I was shaking right now, too, my stomach. is. I was shaking, and my stomach was in a knot. And I felt like I was going to have an accident, um, but I was young, so I, I held on all that in, and and um, I just couldn't stop shaking, 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 and and feeling sick. I felt kind of sick, and so we just stayed there for I don't know how long we were there. I don't think it was more than ten, fifteen minutes, and then we heard voices, people's voices, and then we thought, well, maybe we should get out of the tent and see who that is. Because we knew it wasn't anything, it was people, you know. We see people with flashlights coming around from the granite face. The lake is on a, a, you know, a granite face, almost like a half dome, but not quite that high. They were coming around, and they, when they got to where we were, they said, Did you see it? It ran right in front of your tent, <laughs> right by your oh, tent, wow. or someone. And they must have been down when they, when they turned, um, coming from where they were staying, they, it ran, I guess, and they saw it just, you know, run our direction and was gone. And so we were like, what did we see? What? And then we're like, ew, what's, what is that? Smells like a wet dog smell. And then we just thought, well, you know, it's just wet dog smell out here. And, uh, they left. Now, this is ridiculous. We had no knives. We had no guns, no weapons. And I don't even think we had a flashlight. I don't remember. But I do remember getting back in the tent and just laying there, like, just terrified until the sun came up. And then when we saw the sun coming up, we got everything, packed it up, put it, you know, took it to the vehicle, and then went home instead of going to the other places. And that was... It was terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine. Especially, you know, you can pass off a roar, but when a roar goes into a scream, that doesn't really add up to any known animals out there. Did the people coming down, did they say, was it on two legs? Was it on four legs? Or was it They didn't say, you know, they didn't say, they didn't say anything whether it was on two or four. We should have thought to ask them, what does it look like, you know? But they just said, did you see it? Um, it okay uh we did a lot of camping for many years i've heard you know mountain lions even rabbits scream and something they're scared and all these different animals that california has bears and all that that was not that was not a normal sound that was not an animal that i ever i just knew it wasn't a normal thing yeah, and this yeah. is back in the 70s, too. So, I mean, there, yeah. there's no finding Bigfoot. There's no, you know, it was mm-hmm. probably more or less just what in the world was that. Yes. And I did call the uh, forest rangers, the forestry. And I asked them 
am I crazy or is something, what is, you know, and they says, oh, we're keeping, we're keeping records of all of these uh, people that have had the same similar situation. I said, are you kidding? She goes, no, it was a woman. And uh, she believed me. And that, that was the last of that. And I never saw it anywhere or, you know, read it anywhere. But uh, obviously we weren't, we weren't the only ones who's had that happen. So, yeah, um, and I can kind of understand what you did too. You know, it's what are you supposed to do? You know, it's the middle of the night. Get out, pack yeah. everything up, and leave. I mean, I, I like it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I bet that's what you wish. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times when you're in that situation, it's like, well, what do you, especially when you don't know what it is. And at that time, I could see why you guys would stay there. Tell me about your second encounter because I, I thought this was well, pretty fascinating. Okay. Uh, I never really went camping anymore. I even didn't like going up to Lake Tahoe. Sometimes we go up to Lake Tahoe. Oh, I moved to Sacramento in 79, Sacramento, California. So sometimes we'd go up to Lake Tahoe. And, you know, and when we were coming back at night, I just felt, I don't know, it was a lot of forest. So I didn't know. Um, we had friends up there. So uh, living in Sacramento, you know, it's a city and there's not uh, the only place that really has a forest or the, you know, the parks and, and the Sierras. So a bunch of friends, they usually go every year to uh, a campground called Wildcat. It's on the coast, uh, Point Reyes, north of San Francisco. And I had no idea it was like a six mile, six mile hike there. And of course, six mile hike back. And we went in the middle of the night. Now, I don't know why they wanted to do that. There was about 25 of us, quite a few people. So I thought, oh, that would be fun. There's, you know, there's no weird things there. I mean, other than just the regular things. So we're kind of going around Mount Tamalpai in our cars and trucks. And I was with my friend uh, and, and another friend. He was driving and she was sitting in the front. I was in the back. So I was looking up through the skylight to the sunroof and not skylight <laughs> sunroof and then I see something really dark and big to my right standing on an angle like 10 feet down where it's impossible for a human to stand without falling on their head or going down to the road and, and killing themselves or something so this happened really fast I look up there I, I'm thinking what the heck? Somebody's standing up there and heaves a rock about as big as a grapefruit. And it hit the top of the car, made a dent, and it barely missed the glass. Now, if it hit the glass, that would be where I'm sitting. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened. And we just were like, well, you know, what the heck was that? And I think looking back, it had to be, it had to be another one of those creatures. It couldn't have been a human. And why in the middle of the night, like 1230 at night, standing up there waiting for nobody to go by because normally people aren't driving around up there that late. I just never, ever (laughs) go out to the woods. I'm afraid of it. I'm terrified of, of, of it. It's destroyed my life as far as uh, the beauty of, of, camping and trees and all that kind of thing. So 
I just stick to other things. Yeah, I hear you. Know? you. It's bizarre. Yeah. You know, you're right. That's very bizarre. You know, you're in the middle of freaking nowhere. And you're probably right. I mean, mm-hmm. hardly anyone drives on that road who's going to be standing out there with a bowling ball size boulder to hit a car with yeah. when it goes by. Uh, it probably was one of these things. That's fascinating. What, what did everyone think? I think Phil, well, none, nobody, I don't know if the other ones saw it because they kept going. And I don't feel this guy was driving. And then when we got down to Palomarin, it's where you park cars and trucks. He looked at that and went, oh, man, what was that? I said, I said, I, I, I don't know, somebody or something standing on the side. I don't know what angle that would be. Would that be 45 degree, almost straight up and down? Just barely having a foot, you know, a, a place to put your feet. I don't know. And and so I just put it out of my mind because we were there to have fun and and I always thought about it until you know, and then I started thinking about it more, especially since I started looking up people that believe the way we do or have had an experience and don't think you're crazy or laugh. And I realized there's a lot of people out there that have had similar experience that I have. And so I don't feel so you know, crazy. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. It's uh, And you hear that with a lot of people. You know, whenever something happens mm-hmm. to you, I think as human beings, we have the mindset of, well, this only happened to me. But you're right. In reality, with, with uh, Sasquatch, there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people who've had encounters. You know, my tiny little show, look how many people have come on, you know, and, and that's barely yeah. even, not even t- scratching the surface as far as uh, encounters go. Uh, fascinating stuff. I don't blame you for not wanting to go in the woods anymore. And I just started listening to your podcast, and I think it's amazing. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. I wanted to ask you, Francis, what, what do you think Sasquatch is? What's your honest opinion? If someone were to ask you, what do you think Sasquatch is, what would you say to them? I would say it's a really dangerous creature that we that's really smart, smarter than intelligent, that People don't realize how intelligent they are. And they've been able to, you know, dodge people finding them. And I've heard that you can't find a body. Well, they probably bury their bodies. They Something, one of their, you know, yeah, family members dies or friend. Because people do, you know. I just think it's, 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 I don't think it's something to be trifled with. And when I think about people looking for them, I'm like, you're looking for them because you have not had that feeling in your, in your body that felt like you're going to, I think I'm going to (laughs) die. I don't know what it's from, but I, I think it's going to kill me. I I just don't, I just don't know how people have, have the, uh, how they could do it, go out looking, looking for them, for those creatures. And yeah, I'm so I glad I didn't see it. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Well, sometimes mm-hmm. it, it is nice not to see it, but sometimes you always have that back in your mind where, uh, and I'm sure you've gone through this, where you think, God, I wish I would have saw it. But but I I know what you mean. <laughs> it's kind of like ignorance is bliss. Thank God I didn't see it. Uh, fascinating accounts. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing them. Oh, I, I'm glad I could do it. I, I hope that, you know, other people are interested also and. In, Thank you for letting me come on because uh, it it makes me feel validated. Is if that's 
how you know what you could say but um yeah i'm glad i finally really told somebody that really gets it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah thank you again yeah well thank you and that's it for tonight everyone remember if you've had an encounter shoot me an email my email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com don't forget to check out sasquatchchronicles.com until next time everyone
Run into Old Navy Saturday and Sunday for 50% off all Old Navy active styles for adults and kids. They're all 50% off. But hurry, it's Saturday and Sunday only at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 215 to 216 excludes in-store clearance and baby.